Welcome to season three of Been There, Done That, a pandemic survival podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Perez, and in this show, we'll be talking to some real-life experts on how to get through this time filled with unexpected changes, challenges, and maybe even feelings of hopelessness. And those experts are everyday people like you and me. Turns out we may be more prepared for this moment than we realize. So let's get started and see what we can relearn. All right, my friends, it is, oh God, is it the 11th? It is. It is July 11th, 2020. It's a Saturday. And um, we are once again, lucky, lucky, lucky little ducks, uh, getting to hear from Jamie, um, who is also in the same city as me in Reno, Nevada. Um, And let me see if I can recap a couple of things. I was thinking about this. Um, What we learned about you and from you the last two seasons. So... The first season, we talked a lot about um, what was, if anything, happening um, in terms of changes with the library, um, as you're a librarian, and we were hearing about it closing, then maybe having these like tiny little remote library locations in a neighborhood near you, that didn't happen, as it turns out, (laughs) because it was still not quite meeting the needs of um, dealing with health concerns about touching, um, and whether or not the COVID-19, you you know, stayed on materials. We've since learned a lot of things yes. um, about that, but that was that. Was that. Um, and then last, and, and we talked about exercise, adaptive mm-hmm. exercise, like actually using the outdoor elements, these stairs in particular. Um, and then we, uh, last season, uh, and I just thought about something that I want to ask you, so I had to write that down. And last uh. season, we talked about, you know, sort of like consumption and development. And uh, we were talking a lot about, you know, making sort of like home comfort, familial food, um, yeah. whether it's new to us to make it or not new to us to taste it. Um, and that's sort of, you know, around where we left some things mm-hmm. and um, many things have happened since. Right. Uh, <laughs> Um, and and usually I recap uh, this season like what has been happening, but today I'm feeling I'm feeling uh, a little inspired to maybe ask you to explain to the listeners what would you say happened in the last six weeks since we last spoke um, that is important to note for listeners and that you have noted as whoa. I want to remember that this also happened during this time. So is it was just COVID-19 and then what else has also come into the picture, even as close as it happened this morning um, and it has been going on over the last six weeks. Give us, give us the, the Jamie recap of the last six weeks. Oh man. Okay. So man, my recap of the last six weeks would be um, so I mean, we're, I don't know. I mean, there's work, there's family, there's, there's all sorts of stuff going on. And yet there's also not very much going on at all. So it's like, it's like a mixture. I mean, work is still kind of the same. We're still kind of, you know, whatever the governor says we'll do. Um, So. (laughs) So are you still closed? We're still, well, we're not letting people generally not letting people in the building, but we are doing, um, holds pickup so like for people Mm -hmm. that place items on hold they can come and pick their items up so some of the libraries have like a designated room Mm -hmm. that's only used for that where people have to come in masked Mm 
um, temperatures are taken, everything like that. Um, and then some of the branches have drive up windows. So um, certain days of the week, and we've all had to modify our schedules, but um, certain days of the week, you can, you can go to some of the branches and actually, you know, pick up items that you've been waiting for. So, so that is, it's like a how quasi you, opening. How do you put something on hold? Oh man. So you would log into your um, account on the library's website um, with your card number and your pin number. And then basically you can just search whatever items, you know, anything you DVD, CD, book, magazine, um, anything you find, you just, you just click a little button, place hold, and then it'll tell you uh, what, you know, where you fall in the queue for that hold. Um, and then once it's available, you either get a text message or an email or a call, and then you can come and pick it up. What? Okay, wait a minute. Now, what if you're somebody who all this time, I don't need no library. I just <laughs> buy everything because I can. And now you have fallen on hard times and you're right. like, wait, that's right. There's this thing called the library and right. it has everything and it always has, but I don't have a library card. Mm-hmm. Can you sign up for a library card online as well? You can. Yeah, um, <gasps> you definitely can. Um, I think right now, so right now it's a little tricky um, because I think you can definitely sign up for a card online um, in order for you to get your actual tangible physical card. Mm-hmm. You probably would have to go to a drive up window to get that. Um, so it's, that's a little bit of a like, I don't know, but I, they were doing digital cards. So you could also yeah. put, put downloadable items on hold as well, which yeah. we, we do have. So a lot okay, of options. So at the branch, and is that what you call them? Library branches? Yes. Okay. It is. So at the branch that you work in, is there a drive through or is there a designated room? How do you get your items on hold? Yeah, so um, I'm at the Northwest Reno Library branch up on Rob Drive by McQueen High School, and we are lucky enough to have a window. So we've got a drive-up window. Basically, people can come get in line. I think is it, I want to say it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, They can come and pick up their holds from 10 until 2, I believe. Um, So, yeah, they can do that. And it was crazy, like, the first few days. I mean, I haven't actually been – doing it because oh, my cat's meowing sorry oh, that's okay I was like wait a minute what is that is that a what what is that exactly cat got it no it's problem an, it's an elderly diabetic cat that's a whole other story about my quarantine but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute okay uh-huh. um but yeah so the um, the first um first few weeks that we were um that we were doing that or like the first the drive through yeah yeah it was insane um and I, I only heard the stories cause I'm not actually working on those days. Um, but yeah, there were just like tons of cars in line. Most people were being really cool about it. You know, they understood our guidelines, what we had to do to, because we are a County entity. So, so yeah. Um, but, but most meaning that there were a few folks who were like, what? Um, I mean, there's always going to be there. There were a few people just expressing their frustration, I think with, with, the limited services but for the most part um people were really just happy that they had any library access at all right right so i think there were just there were i don't even know if they had anybody really being nasty about masks i think it was just more like 
you know, I wish the whole thing was open. <laughs> We're like, yeah. well, so do we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Join that. That's a separate line over yeah. here. Get in line over that one. Exactly. But so, so in the drive-through library scenario, do you get all the sort of like um, understood drive-through accoutrement? Like, do you get a headset with like a microphone and do people come up to another microphone and you say like, you know, welcome to the library. Can I help you? And then like the person in the car is like, yes, my name is Sally and I'm here for all that, you know, like, no, that is not how well, it works. Well, no, you can't get fries with that. Um, uh-huh. we, uh, we're not at that level yet. So no headsets, yeah. but... Yeah. But um, we do have, um, I mean, yeah, it is, it is a window. People generally just get in line. Um, we have installed like a sneeze guard and we've got this whole system. Oh, yeah, a we've sneeze got, guard. Yeah. So there's like a, a, like a sizzler buffet sneeze guard yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, in front so of the- So who's that for? Who are we trying to guard from the sneezes? The people in the cars or the librarians? Or Probably both? mostly the sneezes. I mean, a little bit of both, but, yeah. but I think it's mainly set up on the, it's set up on the staff side. So generally uh-huh. I think it's just for staff to. How do you pass the book then? Right. So they have a little, like a, like a, like a plastic container, like a plastic bin that fits uh-huh. underneath it. So they put the book in the bin and then slide it through and then the person can grab it. And so it's contactless. Um, yeah. Yeah. In that regard. Wow. Okay. Okay. I had an interesting, similar experience. You know, once things started to open up again and we start to get braver, it doesn't mean we're safer. We just start to get braver and more desperate. I went to Taco Bell and um, because I was desperate, y'all. And and I went to Taco Bell. I was like, I just want something that's bad for me, please. (laughs) So I went in and it was so good in terms of um, the person at the window had a mask on. I had a mask on and they gave they they pointed like a very large soda cup at me and said put the money in there (gasps) yeah so then I put my money in the cup and then they put the food on a tray and they they you know pushed the tray towards me and I so it was contactless but it was like I don't know if that's every Taco Bell I don't know if it's just this Taco Bell and I don't know if it was just when that guy was working (laughs) the window but whatever it was I have never felt more safe I was like look at you Taco Bell right all places doing it contactless because sometimes I've been places where like the person at the window has the mask on and then you kind of look at the people who are serving up the food no mask on and i'm like what am i doing so it can be hit or miss so i'm appreciating the sneeze guard and yeah. the uh and the plastic bin yeah okay. oh, all right you know what let me let me let my cat she's like really meowing a lot can i take a, cat, a break to put my cat out real quick that phrase alone is going to go so many places in the world i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna press pause and i'm gonna let you take your cat out Okay. Um, and then we'll come right back. Because she is like meowing. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Regularly scheduled programming. And, and, she... and we're back. We've let the cat <laughs> out of the bag. Oh, God, and, yeah. And now it's, now it's time to, you know, meow on. I mean, move on um, <laughs> to, to, the rest of the, to the rest of the conversation. So I have to say, um, I did have something like that uh, with the contactless here's a like with the thing where the person at work in the drive up uh 
presents a thing to you and you have to figure out what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> so like, so like I was at Starbucks, uh, the Starbucks near like in the Northwest and, uh, and I was going through the drive through and, and the first time I did it, uh, the person like presented a, my drink inside a ceramic coffee mug to me. And I was like, I had that moment of like, do I grab the mug? Do I, it just is that like yeah, human yeah. moment of like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Yes, so yeah. <laughs> I, I figured it out. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm supposed to grab this cup out of the mug. Yeah. Got it. Oh, right. Because they have the mug with a handle and they're holding yes. it. Yes. Ah, so instead of using the tray to right. deliver food, they're using a ceramic mug yeah. to deliver the paper cup with yeah. your coffee. Oh, so I, yeah. But for a minute I was like, Oh, great. I got a free mug. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. No. The person's all holding on to it. No, 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 don't. no, not this one. No. Yeah. You're making contact with this <laughs> contactless <laughs> procedure. It's, it's so, it's so fascinating. And yet we're making it work. Right. You know, like it's, it's kind, we are slowly adapting and, and changing how we see things. A mug is no longer just a mug, Jamie. It right. can be a transport device, a contactless transport device. Yes. Um, and so can any plastic box or tray for food. Who um, knew? Who knew? So, okay. So the library is open in terms of you being able to get things. Last yes. time um, we spoke in season one too, you had mentioned that the um, return areas, right? The sort of like big areas where you can just plop in your book or item that you um, had checked out that they were all closed. Yeah. So are those open now again? So those are open um, like certain times of the day. Um, so yeah, again, I think it's like 10 to two, um, and don't quote me, go to washoecountylibrary.us to see the actual specifics, but <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. A little plug. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I can at least say at my branch, um, pretty much, I think like the rest of the week, aside from the weekends, we're trying to keep it open from 10 to two. So, so yeah, people can, uh, bring their stuff back. And, and most people have been cool about that. I mean, it's, it's, it feels a little weird when I'm there as a staff member and our book return is not yet open to the public and I see someone pull up to try to use it. I, it's really hard to just be like, okay, that's the rule. I can't just go out there and say, oh, I'll take it. You know, oh. but that's, hey, you gotta be, gotta be safe. So I know. And then, <laughs> and then here's, here's the other thing that I know our listeners are wondering about because I have been sleep, you know, sleepless up late at night thinking about this. <laughs> This entire time during COVID, which, you know, if, if you go with the beginning of the first um, reported, you know, uh, person testing positive for it being in November, mm -hmm. we are almost around eight months into this. If we go with when we really learned about it here in the U.S. and started to like shelter in place, you know, we're talking maybe somewhere near February. So we're now still in the five, six month area. So um, have people been accruing late fees? on things that they checked out from the library this whole time. That's what I want to know. That's what's keeping me up at night. <laughs> That's what the people want to know. Yes. So that was one of the first things that we handled. Um, library management decided, you know, we, of course we can't charge people fines if we can't even, they're not even allowed to return things. You know, it's totally unfair to charge them. Fines, it seems so. it, actually, I mean, I'm glad that you're thinking about fairness, but it seems so American. It seems <laughs> like the most American thing to do is right. to say, and here, 
here are all your fees. I know you took uh, Ramona forever and right. you thought you were only going to take it out and check it out for a week, but it's been six months and now Ramona forever, you're going to have to forever pay the library these fees. Uh, you know, like, so, well, so it's good to know. Good to know. And, and I'm one of the worst offenders. Like, I mean, I have, I've, I don't know, the most recent <laughs> library fine I paid was like $12 that had accrued over like, I don't know, a couple months. So, I mean, and I have no excuse. You, you're a librarian. <laughs> yeah, Gee, yeah. This is intense. I know. I know. Well, I'm going to tell you a very quick story, and then I okay. want to hear the rest of, of what else has been happening over the last six weeks. Um, I was 12 years old, and I knew I was gay. I knew I was gay since I was five, and I had my first dream about another girl in kindergarten who I was in the bathroom uh, with. It was just me and her in kindergarten. <laughs> And, and I was washing my hands and then we washed hands and um, we were getting the paper towels to dry our hands and I kissed her on the cheek. Aww. And that was my dream. And I knew it. I knew it from then. Like, mm -hmm. I'm gay. So I go to the library um, telling my mom I have to do research when really what I'm researching is what's this gay thing. So Aww. I found this very thin, small book that was like, you know, 101 questions or it was like basics to like so you think you're gay it was like the most simple small little book about like this is what it means to be gay <laughs> and I knew I couldn't check it out I knew I couldn't check it out of the library I just had this feeling at at such a young age and in the mid 80s I felt yeah. like I was going to be surveillanced and that mm -hmm. the government and my parents which at that moment is pretty much the same thing right. um, government parents uh, were gonna find out that I checked out this book and they were gonna know everything <laughs> so I ran I got the book <gasps> and I ran Jamie oh. I ran I ran and I was like an Olympic you know athlete for that one afternoon and I jumped over the tiny little stick that like did nothing um that would like yeah. let you know whether or not like the little stall for you to leave and yeah. the sirens went off all the bells <gasps> and whistles it was like ah, ah, ah. oh and no she, and she was like Look, young man, young man, come back here. Because, you know, I've always kind of looked how I look. And so I was like, young man, come back here with that book. And I was like, I can't, but thank you. And I ran all the way home. And I have not had a library membership or card <gasps> since then. Oh, you um, need, that needs to be fixed. I have library shame uh, from <laughs> the moment that I, that I stole a library book. Um, oh, what yeah. was that? 32 years ago. Library maybe, 32 trauma. years it, it, ago. It's, it endures. It is library trauma. Okay, so so there you have it, um, which begs the question. Yeah, no, we'll come back to that another time. We're going to have to talk <laughs> library things another time. Okay, so that's work-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else has been happening over the last six weeks? Have you, been, have you been going to any of these protests? Have you thought about going to these protests? What are your thoughts on the protests around defunding um, the police and things like this in, in Reno? Yeah, so that's definitely another huge thing that has happened since we last spoke. Um, and so I, okay, I'm really, <clears throat> because I, I'm just really paranoid about catching this stupid virus. So I did not go to any of the like initial protests. I did go to the, there was like a, maybe it was like a Sunday afternoon. Was it a, I don't know if it was a vigil per se, but it was like a vigil. Piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like a peace peace rally slash vigil thing so i did go to that and that mm -hmm. when i was there it felt really good to look around and see like everybody had a mask on so i mean that was i felt okay about that um but yeah i mean i i i'm 
it's hard for me because I'm not like necessarily an outright activist, but I realize like there are times when you have to step outside of your comfort zone and really like put yourself out there and show up. So I'm, I'm definitely like making steps in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Cause in the past I've always, you know, supported my friends who were activists, but I'm more of a sidelines type of gal. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely trying to like be more there. Um, I have expanded my, um, my bookshelf recently. I actually just blew a bunch of money buying a bunch of books um, that uh, for me and my boyfriend to read basically like, let's see some of the, well, we got a copy of white fragility. Cause I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll read that. And then some books by Ibram Kendi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some other really uh, one book about uh, it's called, uh, it's a book about the green book. Um, a book about, um, <clears throat> so the green book was published, I think starting in the thirties going on through the early sixties. And it was basically a publication for African-Americans um, to kind of, it was like a travel guide specifically for African-Americans. So they would yeah. know like, where are the safe places that I can go mm-hmm. to get gas to, you know, sleep for the night, uh, mm-hmm. restaurants, clubs, yada, yada, everything. Um, just so they would be safe while they were traveling. So that um, I'm currently reading that and that's been pretty eye opening. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we have different spinoffs of, of that kind of um, work, which, which in many ways is also, P.S., activist work, right. um, keeping people safe, making sure that people um, are free, making sure that people in that freedom are also happy and joyous and uh, right. able to really like have a full life is also part of activism work um, as far as I'm concerned. And so, sure. you know, adaptations of the Green Book have been a variety of different websites that have been mm-hmm. created over the last 10, 15 years that, for example, um, have an entire map of the United States and um, let you know where is a uh, a good safe place to use the restroom right and this is for this is for the LGBTQIA yes. uh, mostly genderqueer um, community you know using the family restrooms or yeah. the um, gender neutral or genderless uh, bathrooms um, that are single stall um, predominantly and we also have a lot of new public schools that are being built particularly here in northern, um, northern Nevada, in, in Washoe County, these new restrooms and some of the new high schools that are all single stall mm-hmm. um, and then have like a communal area for you to wash your hands. So imagine a large restroom area that is all single stall once you get in there. And the only communal thing is hand washing. And initially everyone was like, how is that going to work? How is that going to work? And guess what? It works like every place else where there's a single stall, like your home, for example. So, Come on. So, yeah, so there's there's been different adaptations, right? The idea of we're not safe everywhere, regardless yeah. of what the we're community yeah. is, right? That totally. somehow there has to be an underground, if you will, um, material and publication of some kind to let people know this place is safe and this place isn't is yeah. is super that is an American story. And it's still happening now oh, yeah. in that the United States is not allowed in several countries across the globe because our COVID-19 positive rates are so high, we're on a list 
of mm-hmm. do not let these folks enter. Oh my God, um, it's so and true. So, and so it's Green Book on the like massive level and not racialized, but nationalized based right. on our, our foul practices, um, if you will. So, okay, these are great, but I have a question. Okay. Besides what other books you also put on this list to sort of like raise consciousness and information and understanding and building uh, empathy. I'm also wondering, I'm struck by the librarian buys books. I know. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I've, I've is white a- fragility, white fragility just got like a list of how many people are, are trying to like, you know, pick it up <laughs> and put it on hold. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And actually most, a lot of these books I have on hold and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to wait. And here's the thing I've, so I've been in the book industry generally, I think about 23 years um, and so my first foray into that industry was working as a bookseller. So uh, my, my go-to was always, oh, I want to buy the book, um, which, you know, is not a very librarian type thing to do, but hey, whatever. I love books. I got into books because I love books. So, um, so yeah, I, and I get very impatient when I am like dead set on, I need to read that right now. Like I have to, I'm sorry. I'm not going to wait. So, so, so does that mean that you have like your own quite large personal library at home? Oh man, you know, I do. And it's not, it's not as large as it used to be. I have pared it down quite a bit. Um, The sad thing is at this point, I live in a, I moved in with my boyfriend and our house is relatively small. There's not a lot of space for bookshelves. So about probably at least 60% of my collection is in the garage and boxes. Oh, I know. I feel for those books. I feel for those books. I I, I go out and talk to them every once in a while. Like, hey guys, I know you're still here. (laughs) I'm still thinking about you guys. You did you touch the boxes and sort of like give them give them the uh, the COVID nineteen air hug? Yeah, like is that is that what it is? (laughs) I go and sing to them someday. Wait, so so have you read the White Fragility book or not yet? Has it not been yet. I'm, I'm getting ready to crack. Well, I want to finish the green book first. Um, but yeah, that's next on my list, I think. And then I want to read the one by um, Ibram Kendi. I think that's how you say his name because it's called How to Be Anti-Racist. And mm-hmm. so I want to kind of get like the what's the white perspective and then what's the African-American perspective just mm-hmm. to balance it out, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think do you think that's what we should be doing during this time? Like what's the benefit to that? Well, okay, my of course my go-to is always let me read about it. I'm curious about it, let me read about it. Let me educate myself. And I, so I was in the uh, Black Lives Matter local Facebook group for a while and I I actually left it because I just saw too many people posting on there their uninformed views and then saying someone educate me. And that kind of pissed me off because I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person that seeks education for myself and I would never tell someone like, you need to educate me. I mean, there is, there should be some give and take and there should be some room for that. But I also think like, you know, you need to take it upon yourself to kind of like, not just make it so that someone has to teach you. Like you have curiosity, you can find the answers. You just have to, you know, know where to look but i guess not everybody's oriented to think about books so you know there you go 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's why there have been these lists, you know, like yeah. I, I see that also as the sort of like activist um, action that's really been taking place over the last, you know, maybe more so five, but definitely in the last decade that um, when sort of big social cultural um you know, challenges and conflicts and really, you know, racist or homophobic or even patriarchal, you know, sexist things happen or even classist things happen. Mm -hmm. There's a response to, here's a list of resources for parents, for teachers, for individuals. Like, here's a list of books you should read, articles you could read, films you could watch. Um, and then you get this sort of like um, corporate space response as well, where you get, you know, right now, I could go on to Showtime, HBO, Netflix, or Amazon, and yeah. they're all going to have a special section that says, you know, like Black Lives Matter right. collection, you know? Right. And, and, and sometimes it would come out in February, or uh, March, uh, you know, lat lat Latino films you should watch, right? It used right. to be by the month, but yeah, now yeah. it's like, you know, African American History Month is every month now. And so, you know, here's here's the collections uh, of things. And so that has been a new response as well mm -hmm. that, you know, it, we want you to educate yourselves. And we also know that the biggest hurdle of that is, but where? And so, yeah. and, and how, and so here, here's the list then fine. We'll make it even, we'll make it so easy for you yeah. that now the onus is back on you that right. you didn't do it because we gave you the list. Even we've done everything for you. Like, please just, just now it's your part. Um, so that's, that's been interesting. I'm, I'm going to be very curious uh, as to your thoughts on, on white fragility. Um, uh, after, after you read that book, I, I, most of my white friends have been uh, reading it or sharing it and talking about it um, with one another. But I, I, I mean, the fragility in this country right now is oh my God. compounded because it isn't yeah. just white fragility. There's also then male fragility and then there's like yeah. straight fragility and then there's like witch fragility and like then there's just fragility <laughs> period, oh, which God. is just like people who are just like, what, what? I can't even, I can't even. Like the anti-maskers are definitely oh, in the fragility God, category, right? I can't right? even stand that. And I can't believe we even have this phrase, <gasps> an anti-masker. Like you talk to Very anybody good. outside of the US and they're like, why is this political? How yeah. is, and that's just it. Cause they'll say like, how is health and staying alive political? Right. And I'm like, have you not heard the phrase black lives matter? Life and death is political right. because it's been made so in the United States. Well, like, and if, yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And if they really believed all lives matter, they would wear masks. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things being revealed right now about the gaps and the inconsistencies and everything. I read this great um, little, you know, you know, text graphic um, that was a, 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 you know, a meme image. And it said, um, if you're not comfortable with Black Lives Matter and you'd rather say all lives matter and you have no problem, though, with blue lives matter, mm -hmm. then really what you have a problem with is the word black. Right. Right. And there inherently is the issue right there. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I, I think number one for everybody, especially white folks, is to look inside themselves and 
find the racism and, and see it and know it's there and recognize it. Um, I made some posts on Facebook about how white people are very bad at recognizing racism. And I stand by that. I think, I think how can you be good at something that you've never experienced? How can you be good at knowing what mm. that looks like? If you've never experienced it, mm. you're not tuned to it, man. You're not, you don't know, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. so I mean, we need more practice. I mean, we just need more practice. And so I, I think step number one is, yeah, look in the mirror. When you have, when you have a racist thought or some kind of racist, whatever coming up from inside of you, I, I'm definitely doing it where I stop and I go, Oh my God, that thought is terrible. I, and that's in me. Like that's in me. I do not want that there. And that's the only way to start dismantling this. Truly. I think I, I, I think I, I love what you just said. Like it's so hard to see something and to be able to spot something that you've never experienced yourself. Right. And to that point, I will stop regularly and ask myself, let me think about my family and let me think about my friends and let me think about the people I surround myself with. Do I know anybody? Do I have any friends who are Muslim? Mm-hmm. Do I have any friends who are black? Do I have any friends who are Mexican like me? Why, why, why don't I have any friends who are Mexican like me? Oh. Right? Do, I have any, do I have any Asian friends? Right. Do, do I have white friends? Which of all of those do I have more of? And how do I diversify my community and who I hang out with and who are my friends and, and who are my family members? Am I friends with anybody who's disabled? Mm-hmm. Am I friends with anybody who's poor? Do I have any friends who are homeless? Do I have any friends who are incredibly rich? And part of that diversity of your friends and your community is so that when you are hanging out with them, when you are living life with them, you will see what happens to them and how that's different than what happens to you. Do I have any straight friends? Do I have any queer friends? Do I have any trans friends? Right? And if I don't, How can I expand my circle so that I do? And that is the power of going to college. That is the power of your college having affirmative action. That Mm -hmm. is the power of having, you know, um, cultural studies classes and joining those classes and learning about other cultures, right? Is so that you can see what you can't see because we don't know what we don't know. Right. We don't. It's, it's just very simple. We don't know what we don't know until somebody says, wait, you don't know that? Yeah. And, and you can't, you know, you know, the go-to shouldn't be to question someone's reality just because it hasn't happened to you, you know, and that, mm. a lot of us do that. It's just like a knee-jerk reaction, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's that, that's not going to work anymore. <laughs> it's no, <just> not. <laughs> no. And Jamie, Jamie, remind me, um, how do you identify like culturally and, and ethnicity wise? Um, well, so I, I know I'm white as hell, but I'm also, I also very much identify as Hispanic. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there, like my mom's side is Hispanic um, with some European, you know, pretty much Spanish and then native American, Mexican, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And my dad's side is pretty much, you know, the Irish, uh, all that whole English, a whole hell of a lot of English. I mean, Hemingway, you know, it's very mm-hmm. U- UK. Yeah, yeah that's um, your last name. We, we've never talked about your last name, but yeah. Oh, Jamie that's Hemingway. a whole Got other. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so, 
it's it's you know it's I definitely I cling to that Hispanic side for sure, um, but I also acknowledge you know I am very I mean I'm very white so and very European mm-hmm. in my descent. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of I, I I'll take my what is it maybe thirty percent. I, I kind of think of it more as like I'm 30% new Mexican. <laughs> cause that's what, cause that's also where your family's from, right? Like New Mexico yeah. in particular. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the I new know. Mexican. We were ta- yeah. We were talking about New Mexican food yeah. last time that we were talking. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It just, it gets super complicated. Um, it but it also, it also is about like, how are you seen in the world and, right. and being, you know, able to acknowledge that and be okay with that. Yeah. Um, and also recognizing all the different ways in, in which there is privilege, you right. know, in, in different things. Like I am, I am like 100%. Well, maybe not 100%. I mean, I don't know. It's all complicated. <laughs> I'm, I'm Mexican. I'm Mexican on my mom's side and on my dad's side. And my mom's side also has some indigenous Yaki, but I mm-hmm. not, that's not a part of my life. It's not really a part of my, my day to day, you know, like upbringing. And so I, I don't, it's not that I'm denying it. It just doesn't feel like something I can, I can rightfully claim. Um, right. And so, and so I'm Mexican. Um, and I am a particular, uh, tone right now. Cause it's the summer, um, <laughs> yeah. in Reno. And this is my like usual tone, uh-huh. uh, in Southern California where I'm from, but I moved to Reno. I got sick. I had to be on drugs, um, to, you know, get better, which a lot of times required me not to be in the sun. And it turns mm-hmm. out in Reno, if you don't leave your house, like the winter, it was snowing here in June. That 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 <laughs> visual protest thing that you were talking about, it snowed at that event. <laughs> oh in yeah, June. it was cold. It was cold. Okay, so so I turn into the same color as my bunsa, as my like belly that usually <laughs> yes. gets no sunshine. All of a sudden, I am one tone. And the yep. first time it happened when we moved here in 2012, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> right? I never thought I would not have a farmer's tan <laughs> of some kind. Like this is bad. Um, and so you know, I always love love the summertime here because I'm like please son make me a Mexican again like I don't want to be a Mexican anymore oh man Um, yeah but things happen whether I'm fair-skinned or not I put on a particular straw hat and I put on some chanclas and some shorts and I'll never forget it the first year we moved here I was mowing the front lawn and this woman walks by because we live by the VA and she said the owners must love the landscaping work that you do it's beautiful it's really improved the house and I just looked at her and was like "Uh uh-huh because I was like here here it begins and when we first moved here when we were looking for places to live we were with this real estate agent and, um, and she said, so this is a really safe neighborhood. This is a great neighborhood. And she was like showing us certain things. And I said, who are you speaking to when it comes to safety? Are you talking to my white partner? Are you talking to me? Oh because God. what's safe for her isn't safe for me. She also is more femme and I'm more butch. And I was yeah. like, so here's where I want to live. Show me the neighborhood where around it and surrounding it, there are storefronts that are in Spanish. Yeah. Because that's where I'm going to live. Because that's where I'm going to be safe. Yes. So (laughs) Wells it is. So east east of Wells, uh, east side of uh, the quote Midtown uh, is is where I live, right? And so I think there's this, this idea of like, what is safe? Yeah. And, and what does safety look like uh, right. in different neighborhoods and, and for different people? And so um, what is it like to be mixed? 
um, to have that 30% to mm-hmm. definitely have that side of the family and those cousins um, that look um, that look darker and more, you know, ethnic, uh, than you do and, and know that that's still your family too. And that, that is a part of you. Like, what is it like during this time to have both things a part of you at once? Because while we also have, you know, um, while front and center right now is defending black lives, we also have plenty of brown lives that are right. also being taken by state sanctioned violence, whether it's the police, people policing, or right now, even the military with Vanessa Guillen in Texas, right? And so yeah. what is it like to stand and straddle both the folks who are, um, you know, the villains and the victims in this story? Um, yeah. What's it like to be Jamie? Well, here's the thing. So I like, I, I definitely identify with what you said about, you know, when you don't, when you don't go outside, you get pale. I grew up in Bakersfield for a lot of my childhood. Like that's where a lot of my family's from. So, Mm -hmm. and, and I also lived for a bit in North Carolina um, when I was in elementary school, um, like near Winston-Salem. And at that time, so I do have the capacity to get brown not uh-huh. like dark brown, but you know, hey, I got some yeah. melanin. I got yeah. some melanin. Um, a shade, a shade darker than pink. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. And I'm darker than my brother. My brother's got more of like the, I guess, the English side in uh-huh. his melanin, and I uh-huh. got more of the Hispanic side, which uh-huh. I'm like, thank God. But, <laughs> but I mean, <clears throat> but so I, it's weird because I have so yes, I know. I'm not, I'm definitely not nowhere near like an African-American skin tone, an African-American person. Um, I, so I do definitely see myself as like Hispanic and, and also white or English, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, and I feel definitely very divided um, because, you know, I want to be a Hispanic person with like all of my heart and I am. You know, but I also like acknowledge the other side of it. Um, It's like, it's almost like knowing inside of you that you're part conquistador, part native, you know, like, like which, which side I can't, I can't really choose a side. I can't really choose a side. That's the thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And, And I feel so mixed up because, because I've had to acknowledge like, how white I am but at the same time when I was growing up in North Carolina uh, a lot of my black friends would like they totally accepted me and and I had I did have way more black friends then because it was the south mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. when I moved to Reno I was like there are like five black people in all of Reno where are yeah, they yeah yes yes this is terrible this is really sad I don't like it um, yeah but yeah in the south it's a different freaking story um I mean, uh, and I've, I've gotten mistaken for mixed, like African-American white mixed mm. at different in, various times yeah. in my life, which believe it or not, but yeah, either there are times when that has happened to me. Um, and I, I find myself very like, I can be pretty racially ambiguous. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> 
I love how you said that because you were like racially ambiguous. Like, like <laughs> you said it in this slow way as if somebody told it to you in that way too. Like, I don't right. know how to describe you to you. Right. So if I say it slowly like this, you'll get that I'm hesitant and unsure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's especially true if I'm speaking Spanish to native Spanish speakers because they can't figure out where the hell I'm from. They're like, I don't. What's your answer? What's your answer? Ah, uh, oh, man, I mostly just say, oh, California. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you're too funny. You're too funny. And they're like, ah, they're like, okay. okay. <laughs> sí, sí. Yeah. Hay, hay muchos mexicanos ahí, pero no pueden hablar tan bueno. Entonces, sí, sí, entiendo, entiendo que eres de California. Sí, sí, ah, sí. Ajá. Right, and then I, so I have this weird, Qué curioso. Like, qué curioso, quién eres. I have this weird Spanish where it's like, yeah, okay, I learned some, I learned a lot of it, I learned some of it in Bakersfield, I learned a lot of it at UNR studying, um, and then I learned some of it in Spain. So what the hell? I'm all over oh the place. Oh my God. So when you go to Spain, do you put out the, um, do you put out the lisp? Do oh man! Say, like Buenos dias, gracias. <laughs> it's you know it was hard. It was hard because like as a person a person from the west coast of the United States, I'm like, yeah, that's not my comfort zone, dude. Um, but I I did do it with like gracias. Like I I I could at least manage that because like if gracias. I'm in a store or I'm ordering food, I could be like gracias, vale, gracias. <laughs> My thing, I, w- I went to Spain to visit a friend once and I was struck by um, how she answered the phone. Oh, so yeah. she would answer the phone. Diga. Diga. So it's very, it's very like direct. It's like, <laughs> say it. What is it? What do you want? Um, it's very crass. And then, and then I was struck by um, the bathroom, the word for bathroom. And I was like, ¿Dónde está el baño? And they were like, baño? And I was like, mm, ¿Dónde vas al baño? <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, how... <laughs> I'm at a restaurant. I'm not trying to describe what I do in the bathroom. Like, baño, baño. And, and then finally someone was like, el aseo. And I was like, oh, the aseo, what? What the hell is an aseo? And I was like, it's oh my God. the lisp. It's a whole other word. Oh, I, I have it. no idea what we're even talking about. But I'll tell you this. I, I was going to go to Spain. And before I went, I spoke to my dad. And my dad said, why would you go to Spain? <laughs> My dad is one of those Mexican Mexicans who migrated here in the mid 60s, who's like diehard Mexican and is like, why would you go? the home of the colonizer literally was like ne- like what is wrong with you and i was like i know dad i'm super conflicted about it but i you know it's my opportunity to go because i have a friend who's living there right now and i wouldn't go if i didn't know somebody there like please dad understand so i go and the whole time i'm there um this is like during the first iraq war and the war had just started and so there was a bunch of tagging all over spain i was in um i was in Sevilla. Um, which white people call Seville and um, and um, and Cadiz um, and basically um, there was all this tagging about like Yankees go home and so I got there and I realized a couple of things one only Americans wear baseball Hats. Oh yeah. So don't wear it if you don't want to be seen as American, especially oh. if they're saying, Patri- oh, you know, God. Yankees go home. And yeah. so, uh, so then they'd be like, "De dónde eres?" And I'd be like, "Oh, de los Estados Unidos." And they'd be like, "No, 
¿De dónde eres? Uh -huh. So oh. even, even outside, it's like, no, you're not from the U.S. Where are you really from? Right? So I get that here in the U.S. Right. Where are you really from? And then internationally, where are you really from yeah. in Spain? And I would say, pues mis padres son mexicanos. Ah, eres mexicana. And so then when people start to tell you, well, then you're not from the U.S. You're Mexican. Right. Then you start to internalize so many different things, right? And I was proud at that moment to have something else I could say other than I'm from the United States because I was also against the war and didn't yeah. think that we should be there either, right? But it was such a fascinating time being there because of this moment. I'm in a cab and I'm talking to the taxi driver and I get the, de donde eres? Soy de los Estados Unidos. No, pero donde eres? Mis, padre, mis padres son mexicanos. Ah, eres mexicana. And then the taxi driver says, oh, you must love it here. And I said, I mean, it's been a good trip. You know, I'm enjoying myself. No, I mean, you must love it here. We gave you all of your culture. Oh. It must be great to come here because we gave you your language. We gave you your culture. We gave you your art. We gave you everything that you have. Wow. And I said, and yeah. I said, stop the cab. Yeah, oh. boy. But we haven't gotten to, to, to your destination. No me importa. Get me out of this damn cab. I'm getting out. Oh and God. that, that was a, th there's a series of moments, right? Like you're not from the U.S., you're really Mexican, and then it must be so great that you're here because now you're getting to learn about where your entire culture came oh from. Oh my God. And so sometimes even just being Mexican yeah. has both the colonized and the colonizer in one. Totally. You no, know? like it's, it's very difficult and challenging to, to have both at the same time yeah. and to not know like where you're supposed to go and to like hate your lightness, the light right. skin that you have. Cause you're like, I'm not, I'm not enough of this other thing. Right. And to like also dislike how people treat you because they see you as the darker one. And you're like, well, why are you then treating me that way? You're damned if you do one way and you're right. damned if you do the other way. Hence where we get to Gloria and Zaldua and the borderlands and so many other things oh that then get God. discussed about like not having a home um yeah but let's maybe see what else what else jamie has happened in the last six weeks whether it's just in your world or the world i know you mentioned your cat has diabetes oh god um i know that you also have family members um who you love dearly and are very close to um who also you know you're very concerned about and worried about which is why you don't you know, go to other protests or other things yeah. um, so that you can still, you know, be helpful to them and, and see them and things like that. Um, have you been seeing people? Have you done the sort of outside social distancing six to 10 feet apart um, that I see the whole city of Reno doing, myself <laughs> included? Have you, have you engaged in that way? Well, so I've done it in very limited ways. Um, the only people I've seen would be my best friend. And then I have seen my family. So I have seen like my mom, my stepdad, my brother and his family. Um, and my, my brother and my mom are both type one diabetics. So that is scary to me. I, they don't wear masks because they're all quarantining together. I wear masks anytime I'm in their presence because I just don't want to risk it. So, um, mm -hmm. Uh, so, and then, so my, my best friend and I, we have done kind of more like car visits. So we'll oh, like, we'll get in the that? car. <laughs> so we get in the car, we actually have breakfast. So usually on Sundays, 
we'll be like, okay, I'm leaving now. Okay, see you there. So <laughs> we order our food ahead of time from whatever restaurant we've picked. And then we go separately and we pick up our food and then we meet to eat our food in our cars and talk from our windows. So it's like socially distanced breakfast. Is, is, do you then park the cars facing opposite directions so that yeah. both driver's side windows are close to each other? Yeah, totally. Do you find that you yell? Um, <laughs> sometimes I have. <laughs> well, sometimes my friend likes to live that luxurious life and she'll have her, her AC going at this. So she'll have yeah. her car running while yeah. she's talking to me. And I'm like, girl, yeah. I can't, I can't hear you. Your AC's blasting. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, have you tried going to like a park area where there's shade? We did do that once. We did go to a park and that felt relatively safe, although there were like kind of too many people also additionally there enjoying the park. So um, yeah, we'll probably try that again because I, I, I do feel safer outdoors. Um, yes. You yes. Know, I know that's that's the better route to go. So so I, I predict more park visits. Um but yeah, we've, we've also done like Dairy Queen, like, well, so I'll be, I'll be in the car behind her and like, we'll get in line at Dairy Queen and then we go and we go and we park, you know, driver's side facing each other. And then we have our little Dairy Queen. Oh my God. <laughs> this is the cutest thing I have ever heard of. And I think, I think I'm going to, you know, take a page out of your book on this one when it gets colder um, mm. for the winter time. Cause that's definitely, you know, late fall, winter, yeah the way the way to go i mean gas emissions but you know right. like whatever you got to do what you got to do. Um, do but um yeah i mean i've been i've been going outside and meeting people um a fair amount and i have been out at the lake just the most ridiculous amount um the last like month um and it's been it's been absolutely wonderful you oh, yeah you do not realize that we're in a global pandemic when you are paddling on a stand-up paddleboard in the middle of lake tahoe Oh and you're God. just like, I, I lay down on it. I'm not one of the, I haven't stood on it. I have no interest in standing on it. I basically, my purpose for having a stand-up board is to paddle out so I can lay down and look up at the sky in the middle of the lake and like, just, just breathe, just yeah. breathe without a mask and just like breathe in all the ways that breath just sort of like allows you to feel comfort. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, 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 I know that's many things for you. That's going to a park that is going to, you know, places where there are people that is, you know, the, the lake, but I, it's so beautiful up there, Jamie, even if it's just the drive with your, your, your bestie for, yeah. you know, ice cream and, and breakfast or something up there. I mean, the sunsets and, and the water, it's, um, it's magical right now. Well and I like we've definitely talked about that because I mean God, I I've always complained. I'm like, I don't go to Tahoe nearly enough, man. That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. But I, I'm also concerned right now with like with what Tahoe's facing, just with the influx of outsiders coming in and being disrespectful and like yeah. you know, I know us when we go there, we are we are respectful and we wanna be we want to be respectful. We want to be seen as like following the rules and like, yeah. hey, we live here, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. You know. But I mean, I don't know. Like I saw somebody posted a video of the mess that was left behind on the beaches at, on the 4th of July. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. Every week, every year, you know, pandemic or no pandemic, people are going to come and just. Well, I got, I got to tell you the, the major tourists are in Kings beach. Uh, Cause that's the easiest off the 80. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not really sure what the name of the area is, but South Tahoe. 
Okay. So South Tahoe, it also has like a huge number um, in cases. Um, and one of the things Jeez. that the lake has done, which to, to not to its credit at all is sort of, you know, contributing to the trash is that they've closed everything. So oftentimes um, the bathrooms are closed or the trash bins are closed. And so there's no place for you to put your trash. And to that, I say, if you're open, be open. If you're not, then don't be, but don't be open to let in people in cars, but have the trash cans closed and the bathrooms closed and then complain (gasps) that there, you know, so there's like, there's a series of things going on uh, at once, but we've been going to San Harbor. (sighs) And so we sort of miss all of that. You know, like you definitely feel like you're with the locals and we go up late. So we go up later in the afternoon and stay till sunset. And I got to say, we've been seeing like the same people there every nice. time we go up. So it's kind of like the locals are like, we go later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. Like we've got last year, uh, my friend and I went up to like this, like secret little beach uh, that my boyfriend told me about. And we're like, Oh, this is awesome. There's like not that many people here. We yeah. have a, our own little spot to ourselves. So yeah. it's all about those little secret spots. Man. Yeah. The secret, the secret spots. See, uh, speaking of secret spots, um, I know for the last few years, you have been an instructor, a musical instructor at the girls camp uh, for Holland. Uh, the girls local, Rock Reno! Go, girls Rock Reno, the local um, all ages um, museum and music space uh, here in town. And how many years have you been uh, involved with Girls Rock Reno? So last year was our very first year. So that was, um, that was the inaugural year. Um, uh, last year I was a band manager. So basically for a whole week, um, I got to help a, a group of teen um, female identifying youth um, create their, their own band. So I kind of just, you know, was there as like support more or less, like guidance support, because um, they did it all. And what it was, was the just- name of the band? <laughs> oh, it was so great. It was my, my band. They named themselves uh, Sorry I Forgot to Shave. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Best band t-shirt ever, I gotta yeah. say. It. It's like yeah. a hairy leg. It's a, yeah. a leg with stubble. I think I, I think I know one of the band members because um, okay. I recall that name and I was like, yes. <laughs> um, and so what what is happening with Girls Rock Reno this year? It's It's all online, right? Yeah, it's all virtual. Um, I've taken a bit of a step back from my duties this year, but I'm still involved. Um, mm-hmm. This year, I'm being more of like a like a master of ceremonies, like the the morning hype man, if you will. Um, uh-huh. So I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> like the. Do you have a sign that you're gonna hold up that says applause? I should. You should. You should. You need to get it, Jamie. I should. You need to get some. You need to get some gear. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I'm I'm the one that's gonna make them have to do icebreakers. So like my thing right now is like looking up icebreakers that don't suck because everybody hates icebreakers. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. okay, everybody, all the twenty people on the Zoom meeting, say your name awkwardly say your name um (laughs) (laughs) awkwardly say your name yeah awkwardly say your name what is that like okay if you were to awkwardly say your name for the icebreaker what what would it sound like jamie (laughs) wait wait, that that was it that was it awkwardly say your name okay do it again do it again Wait, how is this a horrible icebreaker? I love this icebreaker. That's oh, one of the bad ones? That's actually, one of the bad ones? 
I'm just talking about how people just normally interact on Zoom. Like, if I were to make them do, like, okay, everybody, welcome to Girls Rock Reno. I want you to introduce yourselves. And then when they do, they're like, my name's Tiffany. Because <laughs> they're like, get me the hell out of here. I don't want to be the center of attention. Okay. So, okay. yeah, but, you know, but I like this idea. I might actually make them do that. I'm like, okay, guys, everybody, awkwardly, I want you to, on purpose yes awkwardly introduce yourself yes 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 i i once played this game um at work so when i was a teacher there was this game that was basically like dares you would pick a card and on the card it would tell you what you have to do for the whole day and it's like really random stuff like one of them is no matter how accurate somebody says your name correct them oh god yeah oh, that's so good. Well, say say my name Felicia. No, it's it's Felicia. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> oh so all day long, all day long, you know, like you have to you have to do this thing. So people be like, Miss Perez, it's Miss Perez. Oh yeah. My God, oh, okay, that's yeah. Terrible. So Miss Perez, it's Miss Perez. Oh yeah, I, I, I am I not saying that? Am I not saying Miss Perez? Like, well, try it. Miss Perez. Yes, no, say it listen, listen, Miss Perez. Oh, yeah, no, am I not? <laughs> Oh, that I am horrible with names anyway. That would give me such a like, like a. I know. I would be I so know. traumatized. I know. So maybe, maybe what you can do to like help with the icebreaker is you would say, um, you have like a, some sort of a dial or dice. Maybe you roll a dice and the numbers correspond with an animal, an animal maybe native to Northern Nevada. Okay. And you have to say your name and we roll the dice. You have to say your name as if you are that animal saying your name you know oh like God. you could just you, you, you got to give them multiple prompts because if you just give them one prompt that's so big and so like you know spacious you basically get jamie but if, if, if you add it you know like with something like or you could put ages you know say your name as if you're you know two years old jamie you know, like I always get, I always get, nobody can say my name when they're little, like Felicia doesn't happen. So I get oh like Fisha, oh I get God. like Fisha or Fisha. I get like all these different sort of versions. So I think, That's cute. I think there's something there. I'll my just friend. make them say their names like they're native snakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. Oh God. Yeah, you see, it can it can go in Running a lot of different ways. If you want to, you know, if you want to run anything by me, Jamie, the point is I'm here for you. I'm oh, here for you, you and Girls Rock God. Reno. However, you've done your share of, of icebreakers. <laughs> I know you have. I know you have. Okay, so here is my final question. It is the question of the season. And I know you are a book reader as a librarian, as somebody who's always worked with with the Libros. Um, and I also know from Girls Rock Reno and from other things that you are also a big music lover. So I'm going to give you two options here. Let's say that in 10 years, 2030, or maybe even, you know, 20 years, 2040, um, a book or a song is made about this COVID-19 time, however long it ends up being, and center to the story or the song or the theme is how you and your family have experienced it. And you can define you and your family however you want. Could include your bestie, 
could include your boo-boo, could go as far as everybody who also works with you in the library, however you want to define it. What would the name of the book be or the name of the song be? What would be on the cover of the book or what would be on the cover of maybe the 45 LP or whatever the visual is that goes with the song? And what's the song name? Okay, well, the visual would have to be a discarded mask in a TJ Maxx parking lot between two cars. <laughs> I love that it's very specifically a TJ Maxx parking lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> TJ Maxx, if you're listening, we will take the advertisement promotion. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and then, I mean, honestly, and this is just this is just me putting my wishes out to the universe, but like... I mean, it would almost, and it sounds, it's not very creative, but it would, the title, I want it to be like, we all survived. (laughs) But so far, you don't see any people in the image. That's true. So, so is it a book then? Or is it a song? I think it would be, I get, mm, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. I think it would be more like a book, like an, a book of like a, like a nonfiction book, like a memoir of sorts. Yeah. So it's a nonfiction book, a memoir. It's got two cars facing opposite directions so that both car, <laughs> car driver windows are next to each other. You have uh, a mask, a discarded mask on the ground in between the two of them. It's clearly a TJ Maxx parking lot, um, <laughs> as made evident by maybe a TJ Maxx in the distance. Um, and there's no people in it, but it's called We All Survived. Is this a horror story? Like what kind of, uh, what theme does this go in? I mean, I, I, you said memoir, but is it like a dark memoir? Or is it a, a, like uplifting, you know? Like what, what, how would you, what's the sort of like emotional flavor of this book? I is think the journey. It would be more, uh, yeah, more of like the journey. I think it would just be of like, you know, some of the terror that was involved, some of the risks that were taken, and then the results of, of how we made it out, um, yeah. which has yet to be seen. I mean, that's all a future story. So I just, yeah, if, if I were, it's, God, I'm, I'm just, I just wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and I have real anxiety about, you know, my diabetic relatives in, in all of this. And so, that's that's my image I want to go with, and that's the vibe I want to go with of like, hey, it could even be just like, they made it. Yeah. Like, they made I, it. I think my favorite part about not having any people in it is because why would you still be in a car if yeah. you made it? If you're mm-hmm. on the other side of this, you don't have to meet in the car anymore. And I guess that is my asterisk final question. Do you think that the things that we are having to practice and do right now, do you think parts of them will stay? Do you think every once in a while you will still meet your best friend in a car to hang out? Um, do you think you, you still might have, will the library still have the drive-through pickup um, even after the library is completely open? Will some of these things about accessibility continue even though they aren't required for the accessibility of everyone? You know, my first instinct, and this is just me reacting to not wanting us, not wanting any of us to be in this situation is to say, hell no, but I actually do believe some things will stick. Um, I mean, like our library, for instance, we had the drive up window previously, we actually closed it um, <clears throat> prior to COVID. 
and then we reopened it. And so I think at this point, we're kind of coming to terms with like, this is a necessary service. We may need to keep this going. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I can't think of exactly what, but I know throughout this experience, there have been things that I have thought like, oh man, I, I think that's going to keep going. Um, I definitely think like the working from home thing is going to keep going. Mm-hmm. In my case though, I'm more inspired to work at home if I'm in a coffee shop or something. I, I'm stimulated by like, even though I'm an introvert, I like being around people and I'm stimulated by seeing people and observing people. Like it's fun. I enjoy that part and even interacting from time to time. So like, that's what I'm missing here. Um, I thought work, working from home was like, Oh, that sounds so amazing. I wish I had a job where I could work from home, but now having done it, this is not what I was picturing. This yeah. is not how I wanted to work from home. So yeah. this is not ideal. Yeah. So yeah, as someone as someone who's been working from home for the last eight years, I will say that the hardest part about working from home is that you never feel like you left it. Yeah. <laughs> like my partner will come home from work and say, Oh, can we just stay home tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, you mean just stay at work tonight because I got to leave the house, Yeah, you know? And that's, that's sort of what happens when you work from home. There's never that transition of, ah, oh, I am yeah. not at work anymore. Right. And right now that we're at home for work, for play, for, you know, downtime, for the restaurant, for, you know, everything for the medical care, you know, like if you're yeah. tele, tele getting, uh, you know, medical uh, treatment of some kind, everything is from home. And I've gotten to the point where, you know, those fancy like couches for outdoor living that you're mm-hmm. like, who buys these like sectional couches for yeah. like outdoor? Like who has that much backyard? I have a very little backyard and I am looking at L-shaped couches for Do outdoor it. living because, oh, yeah. because I want to be able to leave my house of work oh, and God, go yeah. sit in the outdoor living room and mm-hmm. be like, can we just stay outside tonight? Instead of like, mm-hmm. can we just stay home tonight? Can we just stay outside tonight? Like yeah. we have just reoriented in such a, an intense way. And I too hope that some things stay but yeah, like, I, I hope TJ Maxx stays and I don't know if it will. Oh man, that's a whole other, like, Restaurants, terrifying. I heard this yesterday, restaurants right now are making 40% of the profits they used to make before. And their bottom line is huge. Yes. <laughs> so that's so terrifying. Some, some things are just not going to be able to stay. Yeah. But I hope what does stay is you and me and our family and friends and our values and hopefully whatever new learnings that we have gotten from this about taking care of each other and one another um, and ourselves uh, along the way here. So thank you for, for the time and the interview. Um, it's always Same great. to you. It's always great to talk to you. Thank um, you. You've been listening to Been There, Done That, your pandemic survival podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Perez. Stay well and stay human.